Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studios for the season six. Wow. Premiere of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcasts. As always, fan listeners, I am Adam. I am back as your host, and I am joined by your favorite co-hoster and newly anointed candidate for Prime Minister, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How did that come about? Uh, congratulations, first of all. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. Um, so if you don't follow me on Twitter, I'm pretty... You should. Uh, um, I-, I like to engage uh, in some uh, trolling when it comes uh, to, to certain politicians. Yes. Um, it doesn't matter if you're I was gonna red, say not blue, certain orange, green, purple. Yeah. Uh, I've been blocked by the purple guy. That's apparently the free speech guy. But, you know, <laughs> what do you say, right? Um, but, yes, yeah, so there's uh, a leadership convention going on yeah. for the Conservative Party of Canada. And one of the candidates, instead of saying he's a candidate for the leader of the Conservative Party... He is basing his campaign on being a candidate for prime minister. Oh, okay. So um, it's just a big joke about uh, going on if um, on Twitter where <laughs> people are just updating their profiles to be a to candidate candidate for prime minister of Canada. So I thought I'd do the same. Um, so now apparently there is about you know thousands and thousands right. and thousands of candidates uh, for prime minister. So um, maybe one day you'll see me at Parliament Hill. Uh, I but hope if, not. If you I mean, do, you I'm here. probably sightseeing uh, on the outside. So. <laughs> yeah, I kind of need you here, so I yes, appreciate it if you absolutely. if you weren't. But as you can tell, if you're uh, listening, you should be also listening on YouTube as we're now on YouTube, fully functioning, ready to go, camera ready. Um, well, we're never camera ready, but <laughs> we have a camera in <laughs> the speak studio. For yourself. Yeah. Speaking of which, if you are watching on YouTube, it is summer. It is uh, it is that time. It's still thirty you degrees can tell out by the Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. the mustache. So how was your summer, man? How, summer like was your, good. What, three weeks in Barrie? Uh, two weeks in two Barrie, weeks? yep. Um, not, well, not Barrie, but uh, the beautiful, bustling metropolis of Cumbermere, Ontario. Ooh. Now, is that um, close to Barrie? Is that it's I'm... not even close to Barrie. It took okay. us three hours to drive to Barrie. All right, so you're a Barrie guy, but that wasn't even yes. close to Barrie. Got it. Um, so it, to describe Cumbermere, Ontario, um, so you fly into the Ottawa airport, you go past where the Senators play. You go past Armprior. You go past Renfrew. I guess when you get into Renfrew, you get on this street called Opiongo Road. Mm-hmm. And you must, I swear, you follow that for an hour and a half. And you get to a town called Letterkenny, Letterkenny, Ontario. Yeah. And uh, then once you're in Letterkenny, Ontario, or you're about 20 minutes from Cumbermere. Mm. Um, so it's beautiful little town. It's right on the Madawaska River, um, and I get a bit, it's probably never heard of it, these people listening, but I got to <laughs> give a shout out to the fine folks at the Bent Anchor Beach Bar and Grill. Yeah, you're all about the drinks and the... Yes, this place is fantastic. Um, it's right on the river. I mean, this Cumbermere, it might be a town of 300 people. Oh, wow. Um, but it's, this beach bar is incredible. Um, you can swim up to the bar, you can boat up to the bar, you can anchor your boats, you know, and, and go get yourself a drink. You can jump off the bridge that's right there. 
into the river. Really Thanks cool. Thanks for saying into the river. Yeah. You can jump off the bridge. You know, it's uh, really, really <laughs> we cool. We don't advertise it. For, for a, yeah. a town, not even a town, like a little community of 300 people maybe. Yeah. This place is this place is great. So it's a summer community for yeah, sure. Yeah, very much. Kind of explodes and then. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, probably a go. It is a ghost town in the winter. Let's put it that yeah. way because the place isn't even open in the winter time. And uh, yeah, really cool spot. I uh, went there a couple times and uh, wanted to go to Jay's game, but for some reason nobody wanted to go to a Jay's game with me. Um, believe it or not. So you didn't just go by yourself? No. Hmm. No, I'm not gonna risk that. Um, I'm not gonna risk that. Where do you Had get a few lost? drinks? Uh, no, I would just. I know, mean, it's more enjoyable. I don't want to go to downtown Toronto by myself. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, it was you know pretty relaxing vacation. Went by too fast, but yeah. that's that's just vacation. And uh, yeah, here we are. I've been back for two weeks, and I think I'm still trying to recover. <laughs> well, you threw a wedding there, and you. Yeah, had a wedding back yeah. and forth, like back and back. We had one on a Saturday night, one on a Sunday night. Saturday, the Saturday night one was kind of, you know, we were out of there by 6 p.m. But uh, the one on the Sunday. Whew. That's the one that you tied one Ooh. on? Yeah, Man, yeah. I think I was wearing this shirt. It wasn't even on me half the time. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was off me. I was. There's videos. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, I'm afraid to put them out there. But yeah. there's me grinding on a pole <laughs> and like swimming, swinging on a pole and uh, grinding on men and women. Oh boy! Uh, so, um, yeah, I was uh, I had a, a few drinks that night. I'll put it yeah. that way. And uh, if you have those videos, seen, please send them to the DMs of Monkey yeah. Podcast on oh, Twitter. I'm sure if Megan listens, she'll send them to you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, pretty yeah. pretty laid back. You, yeah, you did a couple trips yourself. Right? I did. Yeah, we did. Uh, went to Grand Manan. Um, that was so. Last year we went to Grand Manan and we stayed in a nice hotel. Uh, it was during the Stanley Cup Finals. And it was kind of Canada Day. I thought it was more in August, but it was Canada Day. So stuff was just starting to open because we got that percentage back from the government. So nothing was really open, trying to open mass all out. So we we went there, had a wonderful time, loved the island. Um, and then when we got back, Layla entered a contest for a two-night stay in a dome, a uh, geodome, uh, $100 to Trapped, bar and grill merchandise, um, and then $100 to... The old well house, and then a four-pack to uh, whale watching. Lambert nice. family whale watching. There you go. And, man, if you have a chance to try and book this dome, it's open all year long. Book the dome. Park place retreats. Like, you probably saw it all over my social media. I mean, this place was done to the nines, brand new. Um, we entered another contest because we spent 50 bucks at uh, Trap. So we entered for another seven days. Yeah, that's you're all by yourself, no one around you. Wow. Private hot tub um, has four uh, bed up top, bed below, uh, barbecue, big deck. I mean, he just just knew. I think I want to say March of this year, um, and it's like two fifty a night, but it is absolutely worth every dime. Um, we did the uh, whale watching, which let's be honest, I'm not a boat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind when they're going and you're like traveling in the the seas. But when you actually just stop and you're just up and yeah, you, oh no, no thank you. Uh, I took a few gravels uh, <laughs> to to settle the two before and two after because I knew we were going to be sitting out there. But once we got out there, you kind of you forget because you're watching. I think it was like six or eight humpback whales. Wow, um, just that's crazy. Yeah, and like they're sticking their fin up and slapping the water and slap and it's called trumpeting and they're play and that's them being playful and like the 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 calf as they call it was like flipping around you could like see him flip all the way around 
Um, we saw a few dolphins who got right up close to the boat, jumping up in front, and then they go under, and then they come back up. So if you have a chance to go to Graham and Ann, this is not a sponsor, but Park Place Retreats, um, it's worth every penny. Lambert uh, Tours, Whale Watching Tours, um, they were very good. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, Trapped is a, is a wicked place to eat. And uh, so, yeah, no, it was it was good. We've got gotten in some golfing. Got yeah, in some yeah. golfing. There you go. Sent the wife on a ladies weekend to Shediac. And the oh. only weekend in the month that rained mm. is the weekend I picked. <laughs> Booked it. I don't know, the end of January. I'm like, oh, it's going to be beautiful in August. You remember those days here? There was like 34 degrees. And yeah, every single day except the two days <laughs> I sent her to Shediac <laughs> uh, with her friends. Got him a dinner, gift certificate. Just said, go be with your friends. I'm going to play video games. And since I couldn't go golfing, I bought the new golf video game. Or not the new one, I guess 2K21. And I am crushing it, leading there tournaments. Nice. So yeah, it's, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm glad we're back. It's fun. But seriously, hockey in August is different. Yeah, hockey. In the, I haven't even been to the rink. No, um, I'm just you know I'm hockey. Hockey's like it's in my blood, but it's for me to go to a hockey rink in August. I just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I mean, we, I can talk hockey in August. That's why we're doing this. That's show, why it's on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But sh- I, I, that's the thing. Like it's. Yeah. Uh, Big ass props to the Wildcats for literally doing this because I don't think any other team is doing it. Because this weekend, I, you know, I was bored this weekend and I'm looking for something to do. And you know, the Mooseheads are having a scrimmage. Nothing like they're not on YouTube. Yeah. Right. So um, this is this is good. I mean, it's it gives an opportunity for you know you, you probably have these players' parents who've come down and they stay for the first couple of days and yeah. you know they want to keep track you know keep track of their of their kid and at camp and. The Wildcats are really knocking out of the park here, you know. Every scrimmage has been on YouTube. Every exhibition game, with the exception of the one in Fredericton. Yeah. Um, and that's not on the Wildcats. Been on YouTube. That's on YouTube. Yeah. That's on the rink. Yeah. Um, but Which I thought uh, it would be on CHL TV because on the CHL or CHL TV, CHL app, because mm-hmm. when you go there, it says for $1.99, you can get a preseason game. But, oh, I, mean, it's, but I think a, it's... We haven't needed it yet. No, and I think it's... Like, it might be on the CHL app. Uh, when you listen to this, I guess it might have been on last night. It might be on on Friday when it's at the Avenir Center because it might be when it's only in QMJHL rinks. Mm-hmm. So the traveling around. Uh, but we'll get into our our, our thoughts uh, on the uh, on the training camp here in, in just a little bit. Uh, Jam Pack Show with a couple of guests. But before I forget, don't forget as always, follow us on Twitter, Monkton Wildcast, which we finally hit a thousand followers. Um, thanks to everyone. Uh, Instagram, uh, Wildcast Podcast, still at 700, not too bad. Uh, TikTok, and now don't forget to like and smash the subscribe button on the YouTube so you don't miss any of these shows every Wednesday. Let's get into some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. Oh, it's nice to hear that voice again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Not a lot going on uh, right now. We've had a few league trades. Um, Some of the ones, I mean, obviously... uh, you know, the one we had close to here, Matias Kluche was sent to Schwinnigan for a sixth rounder in 2024. It, it, nothing against Matias, but it was just numbers game, numbers game and playing time. Like where, you know, you start like we did before on the season finale. I mean, it's you put a lineup together. He was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. McPaven's nowhere to be found. 
Um, Dolomont for me, Darcy, you know, they're kind of on the cusp. Olsen wasn't there. Like it's, it's just a numbers game because if you're not in the top six, these younger kids, they can take your spot. And, and for Matias, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a rebuilding Schwinnigan team. So he'll get the playing time. Just like it was a rebuilding Moncton team. He was going to get playing time. Um, so it's, it's good for him to get the opportunity. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Like, like you said, uh, when we did our rosters on the season finale, I don't, he wasn't on. Mine wasn't on, on wasn't on yours, um, and there's even a couple, you know, a couple who are at camp that, you know, I'm still having a difficult time trying to find a spot for them. Yeah. But from what I've seen, they're performing, so it's it's going to be, you know, good thing we're not making decisions because no. it's it's going to be tough when it comes down to deciding. You know, we're still, we are still not we're not necessarily rebuilding. We should we'll be much more competitive this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, do you want to take ice time away from a young player and keep an older player? Um, it, you have to just, I guess that's something you need to, to come down to. But if you have a younger player, that's, you know, at the same level as uh, as a returning player, you, you have to go with the younger player. It's junior hockey. Yep. And another one was Charles Antoine Pilat. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember if we talked about this on the season finale because I don't really remember when that was. But anyways, he's off to Gatineau for a fifth-round pick. I think that was during the draft, so we probably yes, covered so we that. Had, we did cover that. Um, yeah. One of the weirder, I guess, moves for a team, and we just figured this out before we came on. So Shakutami makes the deal with uh, Shawinigan to grab 20-year-old uh, Charles Antoine Lavallee uh, for mm. fourth rounder in 2024. But when you look at it, they also made a move for a 12th rounder in 2024 in mid-July for Chad Arsenal. So now they have... Two twenty-year-old goaltenders. Now I don't know if one of them's got a late birthday, so they're no nineteen right now. No, it, that wouldn't. I mean, it, that's not. It's not how it works. But if, I don't know. Unless they didn't figure they'd be able to get Lavallee, and so they just made the move yeah. for Arsenal. But that just seems a little. But you got to feel for that guy. Like, well, yeah, he's he's um, went went from. I think the Islanders, where he wasn't really going to get ice with the Bathers, to Bathers, really well. where he did really well. He played behind Bednar. Uh, was it Matt Welsh he was behind, or was it Ellis? It would have been Matt Welsh, right? Because he's been in Bathurst for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so. And now he goes to Shakutami, gets his chance as a 20-year-old to kind of maybe be a starter, and then they bring in Charles Antoine Lavallee, who was goaltender of the year in, in the queue last year, won a President's Cup with Shawinigan. Um, so... It's a little bit of a weird situation to have two 20-year-old goaltenders. Are you looking through the roster right now? I am. Um, I mean, I don't know many teams that go with two 20-year-old goaltenders. Yeah, and I don't think – I mean, that doesn't seem – yeah, I I don't know. Unless Arsenal is just going to go to Junior A, but that just – to me, it doesn't make sense for them to have two 20-year-old goalies on the roster. That's that's like – I'm going to look at it this way, like almost four four roster spots. Yeah. Because it's A, well, goalie. You need two goalies. Yeah. And you only have three 20-year-olds, so you're, take, you're literally taking four four roster spots away by mm-hmm. having two 20-year-old goalies. Maybe that doesn't sound correct, but if you look at it at the, you know, the if you look at it realistically, it is four roster spots. Yeah. Um, just like a Europe, like if you take a twenty-year-old European, it's two roster spots. So it, it, it's I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to go with two. They've got um, they've got a couple of other young goalies that are probably going to 
get it get get into the lineup here. But to yeah, I, I don't. I, I just personally, I think they made the trade for Arsenal because they needed some veteran yeah. presence in the net. But then they got their hands on Lavalier, so they're probably just going to let, and if he's, let go. And if, and and if Arsenal's playing Junior A there, if anything happens to Lavalier, they can bring in a twenty year old in the pipes with experience that you know plays well. So. It may have been they, they didn't know about Lavalet. Now they have a backup plan in, in Chad Arsenal. That could be it. Yep. Um, I guess one of the ma- major developments that uh, Schwinnigan Gatineau traded for Olivia Nadeau, he's now having shoulder surgery. Uh, and so Schwinnigan Gatineau trades back the first-round pick. Um, no, wait. Yeah, Schwinnigan trades the first-round pick back to Gatineau for that. So a little bit of relief for a player that uh, – I- You'd have to think that would have been part of it. Mm, actually, I just look at Schwinnigan, not Schwinnigan, Shakutami's rosters. Yeah. He's not even there. Who? Arsenal. Oh, okay. He's not even at camp, so. Oh. Yeah. There you go. That settles that. Yep, that sure does. Nailed it. Um, it's coaching changes in the division. Uh, <laughs> I was joking with one of our guests that we'll talk to later, Tozer there. Um, it's crazy that Moncton is now the, other than Charlottetown, Moncton is the stable coaching in uh, yeah. in the Maritimes division. So Gordy Dwyer goes from St. John to Bathurst. Uh, the Eagles hire John Goins, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, so we'll focus on the other two. But St. John hires uh, Travis Crickard uh, to kind of rebuild that uh, that team. I really like the uh, the Gordy Dwyer move. Get him back, he gets back in the league, and he gets what should be a pretty good team in the first half with Bathurst, but that's a good coach for that team that – can he can put a stamp on it, rebuild it, and 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 make them keep them competitive? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Really good, really good move. I've always been a fan of uh, of Gordy Dwyer, and um, for me to, um, you know, I think I've said before that when they or the Wildcats were searching for a coach, he was someone I wanted, yep. uh, and uh, I I don't know why it didn't work out in St. John, but uh, he's he's from Northern New Brunswick. So for Bathurst to go out and get a head coach and GM from Northern New Brunswick is just a really good way, and it's a good marketing, uh, good marketing campaign. Especially when all the rumors <clears throat> is you might not be there. You're moving this and that, yeah, exactly. But this, I think this, this is going to be first his first kick at the whole GM side of things in the queue. Yep. So hopefully, you know, he can make some moves that aren't going to have some fans a little upset because, yeah, right. Things aren't uh, going too well up there, and you got to hope they they don't leave because that's a uh, one of the huge things to do in the winter time is go yeah. watch uh, the Acadie Bathurst Titan. So I just say I hope they don't uh, I hope they don't leave because it'll not only will <laughs> it suck, it'll also mess up their maritime division. So yeah, especially depending where they go. Um, and then John Goins, we don't know much about. Um, obviously, we'll get into that a little bit more when we get to good old Patrick on the show in a couple weeks. Um, he was the head coach of the Bay Como during the 2019-2020 season. Yeah, and then he left for because of COVID, I think. Yeah. Or I was in Lac St. Louis. So yeah. he's uh, he's been in a winning organization, so at least he's bringing that to an Eagles team that is uh, in year two of a rebuild and kind of – Seems like they're kind of putting things together mm-hmm. uh, as we move forward. And then the World Juniors was announced. Um, Moncton gets Group B. Halifax gets Group A, which is all of Canada. Uh, Canada games, including the quarterfinal game, if Canada gets there, and the bronze and gold medal. Uh, Halifax 
gets Canada, Sweden, Czech Republic, Germany, and Austria. And Moncton gets the United States, Finland, Swiss, uh, Slovakia, and Latvia, who qualified. Um, this sucks. It sucks. Um, Americans are going to be good. Yep. Finland's going to be good. Um, Slovakia is going to be good. Swiss can always just... Yeah. So it's it's not... It sucks on the basis that we're not going to get to see Canada. Yeah. It's great because we're getting four good teams mm-hmm. and one not so good team. But Latvia made it to the quarterfinals of the World Juniors. Yep. And they're bringing back a bunch of their players. Um, so they could surprise. You never know. Um, it's So it's going to be a super competitive group. And for anybody who gets to go watch it, I would go, you know, I would suggest go watching it. it it's it's going to be fun. Latvian fans, Trouble. they're, they're going to be probably drinking that Avenir Center out of liquor every fucking night. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> they are a well-traveled group. Yeah. They are, they are a well-traveled uh, hockey fanatics. Finlands are well-traveled, too. Finns are well-traveled. Um Swiss are well traveled. Yeah, and you have the the ability, Tybal and possibly you know, mm-hmm. with a good first half, Miles Mueller yep. could both represent Switzerland, and and so you have a little bit of Moncton flair at mm-hmm. the World Juniors in Moncton and the U.S. I mean, you're yep. for some American hockey fans, you're only eight hours yep. from watching World Juniors from your hometown. Like Massachusetts is only a six hour drive, yep. right? So that New England and is a huge part of, of USA hockey. Like those, there's a huge amount of hockey fans in new England. So you've got to figure they're going to come up too. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a very fun group because of the amount of fans that, that are going to be in the rink from, from this different countries. Uh, and that's what I'm excited for. That's what I want to see because I can go to a Canada game and cheer on Canada. But what I want to say, I want to see, you know, I want to see the Latvians get drunk. <laughs> I want to see the Swiss, like the, they're dancing, they're up on yeah, their yeah. feet, they're dancing every, you know, they, they're into it, right? Yep. And that's what I want to, that's what's going to make the atmosphere so good is that it's it's going to be a nice a nice combination of just different, you know, just different hockey people, colors in the stands. Uh, and that's the thing. For is me, it's, I think it's going to be a great time. It's different atmosphere. Like when it was in Calgary when I went, uh, and we're going to get Canada games. We're going to get two pre-tournament games. So you're mm-hmm. going to get to see Connor Bedard. And I think that's the thing that sucks is everyone thought we were going to get Canada and then the medal round was going to be in Halifax. And that kind of used to be the thing until I can't remember the year. I think it was when it was in Regina and Saskatoon and Canada was in one group in one arena and then they moved everything to another arena and Canada lost in, I think the quarterfinal. And Mm -hmm. it was like, what happened? Well, these kids are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. So when you put them in an arena and they have a routine and they have what they have in that routine, and you uplift them for three games, I think they kind of went away from that. So you're going to get to see Connor Bedard uh, in the pre-tournament game here in Halifax. So those games will sell out. But when I was uh, in Calgary, I went and saw Sweden and Russia mm-hmm. uh, on New Year's Eve with uh, Yakupov was playing for Russia. Like oh, he yes. was the top guy. Yep. Um, and that was literally one of the best hockey games mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Um, and I went to a couple other, an Austria one and a Czech one. Um, so it's just, you get to see different atmospheres, different mm-hmm. hockey cultures. Like our um, group, our, the groupie yeah. is the, it will be the most competitive group. Canada will steamroll Germany. Yeah. They're going to steamroll Austria. They're probably going to steamroll the Czechs and they're just going to compete with the Swedes. Yeah. 
It's probably going to be Canada against Sweden on New Year's Eve in Halifax, which would be a great game. Yeah, at least we didn't lose out on America to have that yeah. Canada US yeah. New Year's game. And I mean, so. it's you're in the, the the New Year's game, the New Year's Eve game in in Moncton is probably going to be the US and Finland. Yeah. Which will be huge. Yeah. Right? And that that's like if, if there is New Year's Eve game, I'm sure there's going to be a New Year's Eve game. Yeah. But like these are going to be huge. Like this group B is going to be super competitive. Like for me to say the US is going to run away with it, I can't say that. For me to say Finland's going to run away with it, I can't say that. The Swiss will... Those would be the heavy favorites, yes. but I, they, I don't think they dominate. No. The Swiss will surprise some teams. Yep. The Slovaks, didn't they have like five guys taking the first round last year, the NHL draft? Yeah. Obviously, Slepkovsky's not going to be there. He's going to be the NHL, but, but they're going to have... Montreal uh, Meyer, the other guy that Montreal took, Meyer yeah, is his best uh, friend. Yeah, exactly. Like, Slovaks might have three or four first-round NHL draft picks on their yep. roster. And... and you know, Montreal fans, they're going to want to come, the diehards, yeah. they're going to want to come watch these prospects play in person. So, for me, I think this is a great group. People are going to complain, well, who cares? Like, this yeah. is, if you're if you're a hockey fan, this is an opportunity for you to learn more about players that you've probably never heard of before. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about. Absolutely. You know what? It doesn't matter if it's Group A, Group B. Yeah, Canada would be cool. But it's the World Juniors at Winter in our backyard. Mm-hmm. So if you have the ability, sure, go get the ticket package. If you don't, just get a ticket somehow and get to one of these games on a Thursday afternoon or or whatever. Like it's it's the World Juniors is in Moncton. It doesn't matter if it's A or uh, Group A, Group B. The World Juniors are in Moncton. Um, but yeah, let's get to you know what? Let's get to a couple guests because we do enjoy the guests on the uh, season premieres. View from the other bench. All right, so a view from the other bench. Again, it's not so much the bench. Uh, we're going up into the stands. He's been a QMJHL scout, an OHL scout. He's got three Presidents Cup, two with the Wildcats, one with the Sea Dogs. And uh, he's uh, he's now scouting for the Wayburn Red Wings, Scott Gordon. Scott, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Adam. It's a pleasure. So I guess, uh, you know, we kind of were talking on the Twitter DM. I guess just uh, you were here for in, in 0506 and then again in uh, 20, 2009, 2010. How did you get into the scouting world? How did it, how did it come about? Well, Adam, it, you know, a lot of things happen, I guess, being in the right place at the right time. Um, basically, for me, I was uh, coaching at a, uh, like a, like a showcase tournament and, uh, just as basically a voluntary thing just uh, for the kids, you know. And I just happened to meet a guy and, uh, you know, he uh, he was a friend of a friend type thing. And uh, he knew contacts in Moncton at the time. And uh, he said, would you be interested in scouting? I had been doing a little tiny bit for uh, Yarmouth Mariners. Uh, Lori Barron just had started up there and I, I met him at a clinic one time. And I would just, uh, you know, give him a few names here and there and so on. But as time progressed, I uh, I moved on, and actually, this guy hooked me up with Moncton, and uh, you know it it was uh, it was a learning curve for sure. It was demanding first, um, and I actually got into two phases of the team. Basically, one was scouting for players, which obviously is the obvious thing. But the uh, with the coaching background, I uh, was asked by Danny Flynn to. Uh, advanced scout or a pre-scout 
some of the teams that would come to St. John's. And uh, so what we did is uh, I would go to Mile One Stadium in St. John's. The Fog Devils were a team then in the queue. And all the Atlantic teams, or sorry, not all the Atlantic teams, I apologize. All the teams who would have to go through the Atlantics would start their uh, trip or journey in St. John's. So I would do the advanced scouting in St. John's for all the other teams. And, and in those days, you'd have to fax up the, uh, <laughs> the game sheets yeah. and the rink boards and all this kind of stuff. And Danny, would, uh, Danny and Ted Nolan at the time would uh, process it and uh, put it into the game plan. So, you know, they, these teams would hit the, the team would then hit like Cape Breton and, uh, you know, St. John, St. John's and so on and so forth. And they know what's coming, you know? So it's uh, smart. It was a bit of a strategy, I guess, at the time, because there was no, uh, as we talked about earlier about technology and stuff there the other day when I was speaking with you, uh, the technology was basically I had a paper rink board and would, uh, you know, set up the power, the uh, power play, PK, um, any type of special face-offs, line matching, this kind of thing, and I'd fax it up the next morning. So, you know, that's how it started, <laughs> right? Yeah, and two names you mentioned, uh, Ted Nolan and, and Danny Flynn. Um, working uh, with those two, you know, well-respected gentlemen in the hockey community, what did uh, what did you take away from them uh, as coaches, and and bring yourself behind the bench, you know, with your, uh, you know, you've been coaching uh, some U18 recently. What have you learned? What did you learn from them that uh, that you brought uh, to your own role behind the bench? Uh, I think there was a number of things, but there's some things that really stood out. Uh, first, I'll talk about Ted. Teddy was uh, a quiet man, uh, believe it or not, uh, very reserved, and uh, but he was very knowledgeable of the game, and he had a great way with the players, uh, and I think the guys really wanted to play for him. You know, like uh, he had that demeanor. He didn't really uh, show a lot of frustration or 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 exuberance. It was more even keel. When I brought that, I tried to bring that as much as I could into my own type of coaching uh, situations. And uh, with Danny, he was so, um, I don't know what the right word would be, uh, enamored into the technical, tactical parts of the game. And he was very intelligent. And I learned a lot that way as well. Um, it was a great experience actually to be with Danny Flynn because uh, he would spend time with you when they come to St. John's and later when I used to go to Moncton for camps and so on. And uh, he would be showing me all types of different systems that he's going to use and everything from face-off arrangements to PK to PP. It was a learning curve all the time. So we're here with Scott Gordon. Um, you know, we kind of talked about it in, in the DM when we were just kind of going over like what this interview would be. And I, and I just asked, I mean, you've been in this for quite a while. You're now scouting for the Wayburn Red Wings in the SJHL. I mean, just how has yes. technology changed in the scouting world from a pen and a pad and faxing, as you, <laughs> as you stated earlier, to, yeah. you know, now you, you jump on an iPad and you can draw things on an iPad and you, you have, what's that scouting right. thing called? 100%. Oh, Instat. Instat. Yeah. The, you know, this, Instat, yeah. Has it yeah. made it, I don't want to say has it made it easier to scout, but obviously the information is easier to travel through, but does it... You know, does it make it a little bit? Uh, is it what? What's the difference? I guess is what I'm trying to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, 
you know, the old school way of scouting is what I, what I still prefer. I'm not really a tech guy as such. Right. Um, coaching U18 last, or this past winter and the past three or four winters, uh, we use some of the Instat information. And, and like some of the guys on staff, they really enjoyed using Instat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was all at your fingertips. You could go in between uh, periods and haul stuff up and show the guys. For that type of thing, I found it excellent. Okay. Uh, the old school style of, you know, I'd copy down the, uh, you know, like I was saying, breakouts and power plays and PK setups and all this sort of thing. And you would get to learn or get to know the insight of the, the coach who was against you. You know, right. you get to you start to see tendencies in other coaches and what they did. And plus, you could whip something up on a, on a grease board on the bench in 20 seconds and talk to people individually, um, you know, inform them individually as, as a player coming to the bench. You know, this is a great thing you did. This is the thing you need to work on. And just throw it on the, on the, on the grease board, I call it rink board uh-huh. in two seconds you know so there, there's pros and cons to both you know i probably was a little bit too much old school with regard to using the rink board on the bench but i found that it saved a lot of time and made things you know uh, kids could interact with you fairly quickly with their finger on the board and this kind of thing i was here should be here and it made right. things much easier for me personally to explain yeah it's, it's, i always wonder like the older generation how they they get along with technology because kids basically come out of the womb with technology now and it's so easy for them so it's it's kind of cool to get an uh an older generation when you're not old older generation of scouting's viewpoint on (laughs) i'm just digging myself a hole jeremy you're up yeah yeah i guess i'll I'll take over um but yeah i guess take uh, the range jeremy yeah exactly right um stop digging yourself your own grave there um (laughs) All your years of experience scouting, Scott, um, who's been the best player you ever scouted? And your answer can't be Crosby or Lafreniere. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I, you know, locally, uh, we had good guys uh, in, in St. John's area of Newfoundland. But when I was on the mainland as well, there'd be obviously some really guys that could, you know, really, really enamored me. In that. And one fellow I'm going to say, that I really enjoyed watching coming up through, let's say, in uh, Bantam and Midget. And that was Brad Marchand. Mm. Best, um, best player in the NHL, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if you're, you must be a Bruins fan, of course. No, not no, just, just, just a Brad Marchand no. fan in general. Yeah. yeah. In, all, in all fairness, uh, you know, Brad was, was good to watch. I think he was with Dartmouth, Dartmouth I believe, yeah. playing Midget. Mm-hmm. And I would watch him there in Dartmouth. And... Uh, then when we drafted him in Moncton, uh, I really started to watch him when I could, of course. And I had him at an under-17 camp for Team Atlantic as well. So I got to know him that way too. And he, you know what? He was a pest and he was this and he was that. But he was full of heart and he was a really great guy to be with and stuck up for his teammates and he was a leader. And uh, I, I, I really enjoyed him. I, I really did. And you know, sometimes he gets a bad rap, and a few things he did, uh, you know, in the media and so on and so forth. And yeah, I didn't agree with it, but overall, I didn't, I didn't overly judge Brad. I, I always thought he was a good kid, and, uh, and he does a good, a lot of good things. I believe in Boston. And, uh, I think he's had to be the best player that I've ever uh, seen. You know, had to scout. 
I mean, there's more on the list, like Luke Bourdon was a great player, great defenseman. Uh, he could play for hours and hours and hours, I think, without having to take a break. You know, it was unfortunate to, of his passing. Yeah. But he was a great player as well. But I have to go over, I have to stick with Brad at this point. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair, you know, I'm not the biggest Brad Marchand fan, and I think unless you're no. a, a Bruins fan, there probably aren't a lot of people that are Brad Marchand fans, but... I mean, you can't deny the talent. He's in the NHL. He's very good at yeah. what he does in yeah. his type of of craft. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like Brad, too. I think you know the the honest demeanor and so on and so forth. Is just one of these things that he has to do to play. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that sounds silly, but I think that's how he gets himself, uh, let's say, ready or jacked for the game. Mm-hmm. It's just to, to be that little rat and get playing. But I mean, he comes off the ice, he's got two or three points and. You know, yeah, he sometimes he takes bad penalties and he does a few things that, you know. But in this situation, I always thought that he was, uh, he had to come through a lot of really size and so on, a major, major AAA, and, you know. But he's got hockey sense and he knows the ice well. And, anyway, thought he should be his agent. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now you're you're scouting in the, like I said, the SJHL for the Weyburn Red Wings. And I guess just talk about, yes. you know, the, the hockey now. I mean, it, it's crazy to think that these kids are being drafted at 13, 14, 15. I think in out there, I think the draft age is bantam or in here it's uh it's midget. But uh, I mean, just talk about trying to evaluate these, these younger kids and, and getting them into yeah. the junior A because the SJHL, that's a well, good league. It's, it's just like the AJHL. It's just like the MHL here. It's, it's not for the yes. weak and it, especially in Saskatchewan. I, I, I know a little bit about Saskatchewan hockey, but um, just talk Sorry. about what you're doing now for the, uh, for the Red Wings. Well, I, I, when I came out here to Calgary, I retired. So I moved to Calgary and I was uh, thinking, you know what, like, what, what, what will I do? You know, I'm, I'm living in an apartment with my wife and two dogs and, She's going to probably kill me soon. And, uh, <laughs> right. So, I mean, I got to, I got to do something. So, uh, I, I just went online one day and just looked around and said, you know, like you get into major midget and be going every night. I can probably go to junior A and just try and help out a team. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just fluked upon, I went through the SJ and I said, the uh, Wayburn Red Wings. And I recognized the name because I, I knew of somebody years ago who, who either played with Wayburn or lived there or something, but it just struck a nerve with me. So I, I text the, uh, the GM and uh, he told me a few things. You know, a young guy, I think he's coaching GM. And he said, uh, this, you know, I had a bit of a trouble, not a trouble, but, you know, things have been a bit rough and we're in last place. We're taking over the team. We got some new guys come in. And so I said, you know, if I could help you out, you know, I'll, I'll have a few looks for you around Calgary. And he appreciated that. He says it's hard to get. or anything like that. I've never even been to Saskatchewan before, but I just felt for the team and uh, and it's one of these things that, you know, you'd like to see some progress, hopefully, and you can be proud of it. That's, right. that's about the bottom line. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's, if you're trying to get back in, I mean, living in Calgary in, in a small apartment, I can see how you kind of want to get back into yeah. it. So, you know, why not get into it kind of at the ground roots when you can re- rebuild something and kind of put your stamp on it and you know, who knows where that yeah, leads, right? Absolutely. Still got you? Yeah, I got you now. Okay. I don't know why I lost you, but <laughs> yeah, no, I got it, you good. 
No worries. It kind of cut all the, uh, a little bit there right at the end. But uh, you know what, Scott? We want to thank you for uh, for joining us, giving us a bit of an insight and kind of the uh, the scouting world. Because I mean, not anybody, not everybody can do it. But I guess one last one. What would you yep. tell someone who's listening that wants to scout, wants to get into it? Is it just a matter of going to the rink with a pad, picking one guy and watching him and putting notes on it, or is there what would you what would you tell an aspiring scout? This winter, uh, back in Newfoundland, to get you know to hook up with the team. He's, he's really eager. He was really uh, knowledgeable, and uh, you know, it's been a bit of a rough ride for him actually to get the uh, to get get a job. Um, I mean, there's no there's no big pay. Some things there's no pay at all. Uh, but you know, it's it's a fun thing, and if you want to stay into the game, it's uh, I would encourage people to. Uh, try and get there now the way to get there is be seen around the rink i would think the former players you know like that they sometimes they get a good get a good gig if they if they know someone in the know of how to get in there mm-hmm. uh, but hanging around the rink a little bit and doing a few reports and maybe even just you know going to gm sending them emails and say i'm interested here's my experience you know here's what i can think i can bring to the table for you and, you know, just try to keep it positive, you know, and, and uh, you know, work at it and work at your own skills and look at, you know, how am I going to, what am I actually doing when I'm scouting a player, you know? Like, what should I be looking for? And, you know, is, is it just his skill? Is it how he plays the game? Is it, you know, how he reads, reads the development play? You know, it's all kinds of things you got to educate yourself upon because there's no real golden rule to it. Because at the end of the day, the GM wants to come in. Everybody wants the best player, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, I like to look at it positionally. Uh, I like to scout. I really like to scout defensemen because there's so much to it that you really can break down and see how well they do things or not. Forwards the same way. I mean, if you get a, like a third line guy, you know what you want from him. You want to know what you want from your first or second line guys. Uh, you know, so. Judge it accordingly. Skill is the big thing. Skating is the first thing in my books. And uh, a lot of kids are getting a lot of skill development now these days. That's great. I love to see the skill. But you got to know the game. Uh-huh. And, uh, right, that's, that's something I think that's missing sometimes in some people's memoirs is that, you know what, I'm teaching them skills, I'm teaching them skills, but you got to know what to do with the skills. And that's the big thing. You know, knowing the game, watching the game, see how things go, listening to the experienced people, and uh, that will be your first step if you want to be a scout or a coach or even a player, you know. Perfect. Well, that's uh, – what's that? I say, no, just try to be knowledgeable as much as you can. Soak it up, you know. Yeah. Soak up that knowledge. Absolutely, and I like the, the fact that, you know, being honest, right, like, don't be all negative. Uh, pick out the positives. Be the be the positive scout, but not overly positive. But uh, you know what? Hopefully, out of this interview, maybe one scout listens to the one kid listens to this and wants to do that. So um, we thank you for this, Scott. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, hopefully, we'll have you on again uh, a little bit later in the season. Sure. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks. So you good? You know how to scout now? I've always known how to scout. <laughs> I mean, getting uh, your just, name out there. I just. Uh... I just don't take that next step to yeah. go into one of these because there's there's so many intern there's so many independent yeah. scouting agencies out there that you can go and intern at and 
I just never, you know, like I said earlier, I like hockey, but I, you know, once or twice a week is good for me. Yeah. But I can't live in the rink, right? It's just, uh, I'm. I love the game. My dedication's just not there. Yeah. Right. To to go and and be a scout. I like and, and the travel too. Yeah. Like I can take notes. Like I'll sit at home. I can sit at home and watch a game and take notes and yeah. You know, send them to whoever wants to look at them. But I'm not. You know, I would take a job as a volunteer. Like, okay, go watch this game and you know we'll 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 give you tickets to you know something or yeah. I would do that. But I, don't put me on a payroll because no. <laughs> I'm just uh, yeah I don't have that sort of commitment. Yeah, I, I I always enjoyed the scouting part of it and finding trying to find that diamond in the rough kind of thing. And every time I go to like a midget game or junior A in Calgary, and you're just trying to find, you're just trying to look, trying to scout what the players doing. I always pick a player and kind of watch them. I don't know if I'd want to do it all the time in the different rinks all over, like traveling from here hotel to here to hotel. And, and that's why it's you know, shout out to those that do it. It's, mm-hmm. It's you're dedicated to finding uh, the diamond in the rough and finding players that will turn into what your team, if you are fortunate to have a team, want. So they're kind of the unsung heroes of of hockey because Absolutely. they they put in the time. But um, speaking of putting in the time, let's uh, time for another guest, as they say. All right. So again, uh, now we're going from the view from the other bench to the stands to up in the media room. Uh, we're pleased to be joined by Memorial Cup champion blogger, Station Nation host, Jamie Tozer. Jamie, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Not too not too shabby. First, I want to thank you for coming on after I tweeted that they were going to go 0-3. So I appreciate <laughs> you uh, showing some love and uh, and coming back on with us. Uh, so the floor is yours if you want to take shots at me. I mean, we kind of talked about a little of this uh, in the Fredericton game. But uh, welcome in, man. How's your summer been? Uh, it's been good. It's been uh, it's been pretty short. It's, uh, I'm sure you guys feel kind of the same way. Like it's uh, it's bizarre to be back doing this already. It feels like um, the Sea Dogs were just playing a few weeks ago, and I guess that's because they kind of were. So it's been uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, really sh- really really short summer. Um, yeah, it's it's been kind of good to get back in the rink, I guess. But it's still like it it feels weird. Like I, I'm curious what the other fans might think who didn't play the Memorial Cup if they feel the same way or if uh, this is just a, a unique thing because of, of the tournament St. John hosted. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a pretty short summer. It's uh, yeah, literally just feels like I can say what the Memorial Cup was what two months ago. Um, yeah, not so even. Yeah, not so even, it was yeah. really short summer, but. Uh, yeah, if anybody that follows you on Instagram, you uh, obviously put some miles on the old uh, credit card again over the summer. Where <laughs> where where have you been, and uh, what what have you seen, and what have you done? I haven't been too busy this summer, to be honest. I've been uh, spent most of the summer down in Halifax. <clears throat> um, went to Touchdown Atlantic and uh, Wolfville. That was a lot of fun. Uh, really well organized. Actually, kind of kind of surprised how well that ran. Um, insanely hot, but uh, it was a really good time. Had a had a horrendous seat, probably the worst seat I've ever had at any sporting event, but uh, directly behind a pole, but it was a really good time. Did they not know who you are? Checking out a lot of the uh, Wanderers soccer games. I have season tickets to the Wanderers, so uh, checking those out. And uh, Toronto FC was in town earlier this year, so that was really exciting. Um, They're doing pretty terrible, but uh, (laughs) the games are still fun. Uh, Lots of people still coming to support the team, so uh, 
a lot of fun. Hopefully we get another team in the Maritimes soon. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, just kind of been planning some, uh, some hockey trips for the fall. So that'd be fun. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you've seen every NHL rink, right? I've been to all of them except, uh, Seattle and obviously the new one in, uh, in Phoenix. <laughs> you mean the university one in Phoenix? Yes. If you want to classify that as an NHL <laughs> arena, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually stoked to see that though. Like that's, that's going to be a lot of fun to, to check out. It's smaller than TD Station, isn't it? I think it is actually. It's smaller than I think. It's smaller most, than the Avenue. Most, I think it's most 5, of the CHL rinks, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's five thousand or something like that seating wise. Yeah. But uh, uh, well, I mean, like I said, we were up in Fredericton, um, you know, checking the annual Sea uh, Dogs beat the Wildcats in two games by a score of ten to three, uh, depending how you split that up. Um, but uh, you know, uh, just, yeah, exactly. Not a fun tradition from a Moncton standpoint, but um, <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was both rosters were fairly young. It was first first weekend of camp, so I mean, just your thoughts on on this young roster and and like you said in one of your articles, I mean, this should be an intense camp in St. John because there are a lot of spots up for grabs with a team that's uh, basically rebuilding. Yeah, I mean, those games looked pretty good, and um, you know like any team or any, any, any follower of a team, you know, you're kind of, you're going to take those first couple games of training camp, you know, with a grain of salt, just because yeah. obviously Moncton wasn't dressed in their greatest roster either. But, um, you know, by comparison, they look pretty good. Um, you know, good to see a few of the guys who we know are going to be on the team, um, you know, really stand out. Uh, Burbage played really well in the Fredericton game. Vince, Eli, Eli, Ellie, uh, Vince, whose name I made pre- butchering right now ellie or eli um who has maybe some of the greatest preseason stats in, in the history of the league over the past two years um he probably would have been on the team last year if there's any room for him um but you know he's he's a guy along with burbage who's um you know from last year's draft class who are probably going to be standouts on this year's team um and then in the df game pavel simak or simak whose name i also may be butchering uh, one of st john's uh, new imports uh, looked really good too. He looked really fast. I was actually a little surprised at how uh, how quick he looked. I didn't <clears throat> really know a lot about him, but I didn't really read a lot saying that he was uh, as quick as he looked. But again, I'll be curious to see if that speed translates when he's playing against uh, some older guys. But um, certainly encouraging couple games considering we're uh, probably in for uh, some rough outings this season in St. John. I guess it wouldn't be a QMJHL draft without the Sea Dogs taking uh, a Moncton flyer. Um, what's, uh, how's it been, uh, for, for Jeremy Richard so far? I think he was the first pick of the, of the sea dogs in uh, the most recent draft. Yeah. I've only seen him play in, in one game. Um, so from what I've seen, he looked pretty good. Um, I'll be curious to see, like, like a lot of guys, I'm just, I'll be curious to see what, um, he looks like against some older players, um, and getting used to that speed. Um, you know he's he's going to get a lot of ice time as a 16 year old. This this defense core is is pretty um, is pretty lacking in experience. So it's pretty much uh, Charlie Darosh is kind of the biggest name on the back end heading into this season. Um, and after that, there's a big drop off in in Q experience. So you're showing no um, love for I Jared think... Cosman right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, my apologies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, you know. Um, He's going to get a lot of ice time. Like all these younger guys on the back end, whoever makes the team, these guys are all going to get a lot of ice time. Um, and they're going to have some rough nights. We all know that, but um, they're going to get a lot of, a lot of experience this season. Um, and I'm curious to see 
how St. John really handles their back end. Cause I think we all know having watched the last St. John rebuild defense was a major issue right up until last season, really. Um, so I'm curious to see how the team kind of handles um, the defensive play in the, in the first couple of years of this rebuild. So we're here with uh, Jamie Tozer station nation. So, you talk about a very young back end, uh, and what you want when you have a very young back end is a is an experienced goaltender. You're going through the roster, looking at the 2002s. I think there's 40 of them left on the preseason roster on the Q website. Uh, but in goal, uh, Herder Bees and Patno, they're both 2002s. Are they going to keep two and then keep that one 20 year old, or is it one or the other? Like, what is the what is the plan you feel in goal with uh, with two 20 year old goaltenders that can that can make an impact? I think uh, I think they'll end up keeping one of them is my expectation. I think Olivier Bordeaux, um, who was a draft pick last year, I think he'll get one of the spots. I think he's kind of the, at least for St. John's, is hoping that he's kind of their goaltender of the future. Uh, so I imagine he'll get one of the spots, and then I think one of the others will go to the 20-year-olds. Um, I would think that there's probably some hopes that they can deal Hercules for some assets, what that what that is, I don't know. Just I, I'm not um, up to date on what the gold goaltending market looks like, what the overage market looks like. But I'm sure there are some teams interested in a goaltender who's you know maybe one of the most experienced, if not the most experienced goalie um, returning to the league this season. So I'm sure there's some interest in him, um, which would leave Patno um, and Brito as St. John's combo. That's kind of my expectation, but again, kind of just depends on what the the market looks like. Yeah, to me, uh, St. John looks like a team that, you know, they've got a good group of returning forwards up front. They're, you know, they're young uh, on the back end, but they get good goaltending. So, uh, you know, I see them getting off to a a good start. Um, But the second half, probably the same thing will be happening in Bathurst. Who are some of the guys you think that uh, um, St. John will try to capitalize on their their value come the Christmas uh, trade period? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think guys like um, Cam McDonald, Peter Reynolds, um, some of those returning guys, um, I'm missing someone, Connor Trenholm. Um, I think some of these returning guys ideally get off to a really good start, really, um, you know, exceed some expectations, kind of, uh, you know, especially guys like McDonald's and Reynolds, who feels like they've kind of been close to, to living up to their potential over the years, but just haven't quite been able to click. Um, like we expected, if they can kind of find that extra gear that we've been um, kind of expecting them to hit in this in the queue, um, I think the Cedars can get a pretty decent return for a lot of those guys, um, assuming they get off to a fir- good first half. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think um, if St. John can have a, you know, a decent first half, those returning guys um, look good. Uh, some of the young guys maybe play above expectation. Um and then the second half, I think you're probably going to see a lot younger roster, uh, which is, you know, what I think everyone kind of expects. And um, that's just how it goes. And as we know, uh, St. John's draft bank is almost hilariously uh, <laughs> slim for the next few years. So yeah. I think any any draft picks they can get, um, they'll take. Yeah, which is kind of funny when you were talking about uh, what the market is for 20-year-olds. Uh, and in goaltending, you know, if there's a team in that needs to recoup some assets while moving goalies out, it would uh, it would be St. John's. So we've gone the forwards, we've gone the defense, we've gone the goaltending. Let's go behind the bench. Um, you know, I talked to you a little bit in the game in Fredericton. Uh, St. John hires Travis Crickard. Uh, they have one assistant, and I don't think they've named one yet. But just uh, talk about the the impact that you think Travis Crickard could have uh, 
with St. John. And, and like we joked there, you know, another coach for St. John again, which, you know, you had said Georgie's made that, that reference. There's been a few, but just, uh, just give us the, the lowdown on, on Crickard and, and what you expect from, uh, from his team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what he can do. First time head coach at the junior level. Um, and I know, I think when you hear that, a lot of CDOS fans probably going to have the, the PTSD to the Josh Dixon, Josh Dixon <laughs> days. Um, but I think Crickard's much more qualified to be a head coach. I think he's, you look at his resume, he's, this is kind of the, the natural progression for him to move into a head coaching position. Um, you know, maybe not the greatest scenario for him coming in at the, you know, year zero of a rebuild, but I think, you know, the CDOs are going to have some patience with him and give him some time to see what he can do. And I think kind of ideally is, is Crickard can do what the Wildcats have done with their coaching staff and get the most out of, out of a roster that's going to, be young, not have a lot of talent, but get the most out of what they have, uh, which I think the Wildcats have been, done a great job the past couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I'll be curious to see what he does. And I think the he does too. I think they were <clears throat> kind of uh, so happy with what Gardner McDougall did. I, I think they're probably hoping that some of uh, some of Gardner's work kind of carries over to Crickard um, and he can kind of carry that forward. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be curious to see what he can do. Um, um, and again, you know, expectations are there's there's not going to be a lot of pressure on them to win. So I think just just uh, um, like Gardner says, just get better every day. Um, so I think that's kind of the 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 motto for the season. And uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see uh, if he can get the most out of this group. So speaking of kind of a follow up to that, speaking of Gardner, first of all, I apologize to anything I said to him. Uh, he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, but is this a is this like he's separate from the organization now or do you still think he could be a special consultant that kind of helps Crickard learn I mean he's not in the Q league obviously but kind of a help Crickard along because he was on the he was on the staff in that Memorial Cup run or do you think Gardner's kind of separate to UNB now or do you see kind of a consultant role uh in this maybe this season or at least in the in the future I think he's pretty separate now is my kind of expectation but at the same time, you know, I'm sure if uh, if Crickard, you know, was to give him a phone call, I'm sure the two could could give some advice to each right. other. I'm sure Gardner is more than willing to help out, and you know, Gardner's uh, uh, someone who's known for uh, for supporting guys who aren't even on his team. You know, a lot of students over the years he's supported. So I'm yeah. sure uh, I'm sure if Crickard, who's you know kind of a student of the game himself, if Gardner. Uh, you know, if he asked for help, I'm sure Gardner would help him out, but I don't think it'll kind of be in a in a, an official capacity. That special assistant isn't going to be Gardner as a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, Jamie, won't we won't keep you too much longer there, but uh, if you were to, I guess, look at the Maritime Division, uh, give us an unbiased opinion on where you think the the Sea Dogs will finish. Uh, probably fifth or sixth, uh, somewhere between fourth and sixth. Um, I guess, you know, the good thing about the CEDA is heading in this year is that the division's kind of taking a step back. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, there's I'm sure there's some games again that they can be competitive against even in the second half uh, when their roster's probably going to be weaker with uh, with Bathurst. Um, you know, Charlottetown is kind of rebuilding. Um, and then Cape Breton's still a young team. So I'm sure they've still they've got a shot to be competitive in some games. So um, I think they can probably slide into that obviously slide into that four five six spot i'm not sure where what do you guys think um honestly it's 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 such a tough call um but i think 
I, I, I want to say probably a fifth, uh, a fifth spot. Yeah. Um, for me, it's obviously the bottom three will be, you know, Charlottetown, Bathurst, St. John. Um, but uh, I, I, I would say probably fifth. Um, I think um, like St. John, Bathurst will get off to a, a decent start, but uh, Charlottetown, yep. you know, probably going to struggle the entire year so they'll probably be the the sixth spot in the in the in the division that's that's how i see it um i yep. don't i just don't see charlottetown being able to compete um with um in that first half to get enough points to to kind of get into that fourth or fifth spot yeah i'm not yep. gonna pick against st john so i'll say first um <laughs> I, no i'm just kidding i yeah i think fourth uh, fourth or fifth um you know i think what helps these three teams that went from the top and now will kind of be the bottom three is the teams are going to be playing in the second half won't be loading up for Memorial cup runs. And I think that's really what hurt Cape Breton and, and Moncton really yeah. in that second half is you're going against a lot. A lot of the games you were going against in division were against these teams that were loading up to go all the way to the Memorial cup. So I think that helps them a little bit. I think I always go back to goaltending and I think I give St. John a little bit of a, if they keep her to bees all year um, or even they keep, uh, you know, I think they just have a little bit of Pat no, I should say all year. I think they got a little bit of an edge in goaltending. So I would probably put them in the fourth, fifth range. I don't think they completely bottom out and, uh, and go sixth kind of thing. But um, yeah, I, w- I would probably say, say four fifth. Yeah. I think one thing that's, that's kind of interesting about St. John and this rebuild is that um, they had a really big draft class last year and they managed to keep, a lot of those guys, I think they only lost two guys, Francis Woods, who got traded out door. Um, and obviously Grenier went to Moncton, um, which is, is a big loss, but uh, they've got a pretty big draft class of, uh, from last year of 17 year olds who will come in this year and be 17s, um, which I don't think you see very often for a team in this kind of position. So that's kind of the, the wild card to me. So if some of these 17 year olds can kind of come in and play above expectations, I think um, they, that could really help St. John. So last one for me, um, I guess the appetite of the fans. I mean, I you know when we chatted, you said it was an unreal two weeks, just about tore the city down, uh, fan wise and COVID wise. But uh, I mean, the Sea Dogs are Memorial Cup champions. They're going to defend it all year. It's not really going to be the best year on the ice. But just what's the appetite of fans now that you're not knowing you're going to have this ultimate team that has a chance at a championship? Um, just what's the feeling in the city, and will they kind of capitalize on the? Um, the, the kind of atmosphere they had down during the Memorial Cup at the Container Village and kind of try to incorporate that and kind of have a tailgate feel in, in at TD Station? Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see what they kind of do this year. Um, you know, and see does like every team. This is kind of the um, more of a heading into more of a normal year. Uh, you know, hopefully it stays normal all year. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of buzz of, about the team you know, because I think, you know, the fans, they understand the rebuild. They know that the Cedars, they're not going to win the Memorial Cup again this uh, coming season, and they're going to take a major step back. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to see how the team kind of sells that to people. Um, you know, I'm looking at the season ticket benefits, and, like, they're just kind of the same benefits that they've had every year and every team has. So yep. not a lot of different and excitement from that. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know what they're going to do or plan to do to try and kind of, um, kind of lift up the energy um, throughout the year because I mean this is this is going to be a rough year on the ice and next year is going to be a rough year too. So 
Um, it's I, I'm curious to see what they can do. Um, I you know the Memorial Cup was a great time, and I'm sure some people, uh, 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 most people aren't going to forget it anytime soon. But at the same time, you know, I think um, if the C does, they kind of kind of find some new creative ways to to generate some excitement because I think if you look back at the last rebuild, it was uh, that was a tough rebuild. Um, attendance kind of reached its its lowest point ever at times. Um, and now, I mean, we're bouncing back from COVID here, hopefully. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I hope the CDOs can kind of do some different things and kind of get some some uh, learnings from the last rebuild and try some new things. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll be, I'll be curious to see what they can do. Well, as long as they get a few new fans that, you know, went to the Memorial cup and now have that appetite for hockey. That's all they can ask yeah. for in a rebuild year. And you know, the junior hockey fan is smart. They understand the the cycle. And this is the time where, like I said, if you're there for 50 and 13, you should be there for 13 and 50 mm-hmm. to support the team. Cause these are the guys that are going to grow in four years and you're going to be able to see them. So, um, you know what, Jamie, uh, we don't want to take uh, too much of your time and we thank you for the annual preseason visit. Uh, we'll have you again, hopefully in studio, maybe around the trade deadline. Sounds good. All right. That's worked. Let's do it. <laughs> Pencil them in. Pencil them in. But, right. uh, yeah, we'll see you around the Avenir Center and uh, maybe have you on in and around uh, this year. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. Well, I mean, first of all, I want to thank Jeremy for not burying me when I gave him mm-hmm. the chance when I made that uh, made that tweet. But I, you know what? I apologize to him, and I still stand by it. If it wasn't for Gardner, mm, I don't think so. But um, always good to get insight, especially when – that's a team now that's going to be going through the, the year zero rebuild. And, you know, he's he's very connected into that team. It, I'm very interested to see where they finish because I think they can get, like you said, a lot of wins in the first half. I think, uh, like Bathurst, I just, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Islanders do. Um, but I think they finish more kind of fourth. I mm. think they can stay ahead of Bathurst because I don't even know if, Bednar's there in Bathurst the whole year, right? Because he would count as that's a twenty-year-old and a Euro, so yeah. that's that's two. And the same as Patnode, right? Yeah. Twenty-year-old and Euro, so you kind of almost keep them all year. Mm-hmm. So that'll be that'll be the the battle is four or five mm-hmm. it, with those teams. Yep, I agree. Um, Charlottetown, I you know, if they still get Lapena, and I'm sure he's gonna he'll steal him a couple games, but he's just. Uh, he, he's gonna be overworked. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but if there's gonna be some some. Decent goaltenders available for for trades, uh, you know Bednar. There's gonna be Lapena. Uh, there's there, it's it's gonna be Hurtabees, Schwinnigan probably will trade. Um, what's his face? Cologne. Cologne. That's the They've one. already traded Laval, eh? Yep. So they're gonna be in a. It is funny how Halifax knows that Denoyer is not coming back, mm-hmm. and I'm sure St. John with DeFore is. You know they know yeah. certain players are coming back, it's but like still like a Cologne, like he's not. Like, He's coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Le Pen is drafted, but it's it's you know you kind of forget that Denoyer is not going to be back. So you're like, well, why is it, why? Oh yeah, because he's 20, yeah. and they know that for sure. So it makes it a little bit easier uh, in terms of Halifax. But yeah, I think it's almost a goalie market where there's too many goalies for spots, mm-hmm. right? But we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be pretty uh, pretty good year, and uh, yeah. But uh, you want to talk about our guys now? Let's do our guys. All right, yeah, let's talk about tired our guys. Of yeah, people are probably waiting for our guys. Yeah. Cast training camp report. Oh, you forgot about that, didn't I did you? I forgot about that one. That's <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah, no, I made that last year, and I think you had the exact same face last year because you completely forgot about that. But yeah, 
Training camp got underway on the 15th. Uh, it was the rookies that were involved. Uh, like I said, uh, in, with the, Jamie there, they had the two games up in Fredericton, uh, a 5-2 loss, and then they were back here uh, in Dieppe at the Uniplex, a 5-1 loss, so the standard 10-3 type of loss. Um, I guess we had some cuts that we know of from Bryson Curry, Nathan DeBrill, Alex Gagne, Yodem Klein, Anthony LeBlanc, who he had the uh, the golden green. So I got him mixed up with uh, Bolo. Tri- Brilo. Bolo, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's – really? We cut the guy from Valdor? That's not the guy. I'm so comp- – ah, oh, because he was from uh, – <laughs> he was from uh, – what team was he from? The Who? LeBlanc. LeBlanc always uh, – t- The same team as Lavalet, right? La Riviere, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just <laughs> the green and gold messed me right yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Lag- Lagare, uh, Francisco Police, Go- Goran Stobo, Tarantinko, who I believe was an injury related because he went down in that Frederick game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiefer Thompson, Keegan Warren, and then they allowed the players from NCAA Creo Solomon, David Baird, Justin Dume, and Nika Jean. Um, no real surprises on that uh, list, especially the four NCAA guys. Mm-hmm. I still believe Tarantinko would probably be here uh, if he didn't. I don't know what he injured. Uh, there's never any reports on what players injured, but he went down in that first game and he was he needed help off the ice. Um, any surprises for you so far early on in camp? Uh, you mean cuts or just overall? Just in, like if it was a surprise of the cut, was um, a surprise no. of the guy still here? No, uh, the, the cuts didn't surprise me at all. Um, a couple of the guys that have really caught my eye um, so Hugo Marcel, uh, Trent Ballantyne, Jacob Steinman, yeah. uh, you know, these free agents that have, that have come from Ontario. Um, you can tell that they're from Ontario because they're, they're standing out against these players that mostly played midget or, you know, some, some even lower levels than that. So, yeah. um, they're standing out, not, not necessarily in the rookie games, but also against the veterans. That's a very positive sign. Um, Marcel can skate like the wind. Uh, he's a right shot. Same with Valentine. Skates like the wind. Right shot. Acts like a oh, fourth I, forward. Uh, I love Valentine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when knowing nothing about him and putting him, I think we both put him on our mm-hmm. rosters. But putting him on, and then you saw him in, I think one of the first scrimmages. I haven't watched the two yeah. with the veterans. I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, yes, yeah. That's, that's big defenseman guy. moves the puck well, mm-hmm. skates well. Yep, mobile. Um, you, that's uh, yeah. Quincy Suprian. Uh, I had him fastest kid alive. Well, he's up. He's up there, uh, and he can make plays at at, yeah. at top speed too. So that's uh, that's well, super his, super promising. His first goal in Fredericton. You asked me if it was unassisted. Yeah, like both goals unassisted. Mm-hmm. Him and, and and Mercer. He grabbed the puck at the blue line and not comparing him to the player, but a la McDavid. He just two steps and he was he was gone. He was with the guy yeah. and one step and he was gone. Yeah. Cut right across and you're just like. Whoa. Yeah, it's like it's, it's crazy. If you haven't had a chance to watch him skate, um, you know, and it's it, everywhere. Like, yeah, it's a it's not. Uh, I'll turn it on because I'm gonna go get the puck or mm-hmm. I have the puck. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn it off when I'm chasing in the zone, looking for the puck, making guys make mistakes. Yeah, and he's that's, competitive. He forward yeah. checks hard. He skates hard. Yeah. He skates fast. Um, and that's you know when I got that scouting report, that's kind of why I put him on my on my roster is because I thought. Um, you know, just based on that, he would he would have a good spot, a good chance at a at a team. You know, and Preston Lonsbury, even you know, he's in these scrimmages, he's playing with Loshing and Barbashev, mm-hmm. and for a seventeen year old, does not look out of place. 
Um, he's scoring goals in these scrimmages against, scrimmages against veterans, so that's a super positive sign. Um, all the veterans look bigger and faster, uh, and that's what you want. That's what you want. Uh, you want to send them home in the offseason with a workout plan to be better, to come to camp prepared, and they have. Like, Loshing, I th- believe it or not, I think he's faster. Uh, <laughs> I think his shot is faster. His shot is more accurate. Um, Thomas Darcy is faster and bigger. Um, so, you know, it's going to get down to these crunch times and some of these cuts as we get closer to the regular season or the, or the seizure, the deadline, the seizure, whatever is, which is, I think Sunday. Yeah. Um, is it this Sunday? Yeah. The siege up deadline is this Sunday. So there's two so, more. Yeah. That's why they got three I think games. two more, two or three more exhibition games to, uh, yeah. to showcase what they got. Um, and then they got to make a decision. So, um, yeah, Jacob Steinman to me, um, odds on favorite for the backup role. Um, but at the same time, I said the same thing about Dawson Rowe last year, and he was one of the first goalies cut. But Jacob Simon is Simon just looks more composed, composed. than Rowe mm-hmm. uh, in the limited views I've seen him. Yep. Uh, Eli saves. James played pretty well in most of the scrimmages, mm-hmm. and then he had a couple, uh, you know, once he'll want back, I guess I would say, in that Fredericton game. Um, so. But he doesn't look uh, doesn't look out of place. Um, one guy that you know got a cup of coffee here last year, Ben Mercer. Mm-hmm. He looks bigger, faster. Um, now you're playing against a bunch of 16 year old rookies, so he's one of the the veterans um, that was there. He looked bigger. Uh, I don't think Gabe Smith has really looked out of place. No, as much. No. Um, Grenier. I mean, again, he's played in the queue last year. Was playing the rookie game. I've only watched the scrimmages and the, and the two. Uh, two exhibition games, but Grenier live, just smooth. Mm-hmm. He's smooth. He's so smooth, and he, he was smart with the puck. He was getting it out when it needed to be, finding that first pass. So, um, I guess my only thing about Grenier, he shoots a lot, which I love, but his shot selection is could be better. And that'll come. Yeah. Um, like some of these scrimmages, you know, he was shooting it right into the patch, you know, shooting it. You know, it was just it, the shots weren't getting through. Right. Um, like someone like a, you know, like a, a Forte Gendron, his shots are getting through. Um, Ballantyne, his shots are getting through. Marcel, his shots are getting through. Dalmont's shots are getting through. But you know, Grenier, his his shot selection just needs or shot choice, I guess. Mm-hmm. It just needs a little more work, but that'll come because you know he's still young and, um, yeah. It, there's other names like even Cooper Cormier. Uh, Cooper yeah. Cormier has kind of stood out a little bit for me in these scrimmages, where, which I think it was one of the later picks. He was, and he's just you didn't expect much for him, but you can tell, you know, when you have a father that plays pro hockey, there's so the hockey sense is always there. Fourteenth yeah. round, yeah, even Nika Jean, like you can see, like his hockey sense is 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 there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, for him, it's just a matter of getting bigger and stronger. But Cooper Cormier has already got size yeah um like i don't think he's gonna make the team but you know he's no, one of those guys that's junior a backyard easy for a call-up kind of player right so and he didn't like doing some of the color games in the playoffs there how was the speed going to translate to the mm-hmm. next level that's and the thing that's... so far it's it's not probably where it needs to be but it's not he's very far behind like mm-hmm. he's always out of the play he's got the hawks since one of the guys that was probably the most physical in the first game um, and was a transfer. And I don't know how the trade process works, if it's two trades because Geo is in Cape Breton, but Kiefer Lyons. Kiefer mm-hmm. Lyons doesn't look out of place. You can tell that he played a little bit of Q last year. He was very physical in that first game. 
Um, it's just, I don't know how they're going to come to this. And I mean, they're going to have to, but it, there are some very tough decisions to be made. Yeah, Kiefer Lyons looked really good in the rookie games, um, but he just hasn't been noticeable as much in the, the against the veterans. So I think that's um, not going to work uh, as much in his favor. Yeah. Um, and I got to get, I mean, I, I, it, I have to say his name just because he stood out, but Cornforth, um, in the rookie scrimmages, absolutely the best player on the ice. Um, him and Lounsbury were the, you know, ap- like the best players on the ice. Yeah. Him and Tarantinko uh, in the first one. Um, uh, he, he didn't play in Monday's, uh, Sunday scrimmage. Didn't play in Monday. Didn't play Sunday scrimmage. Didn't play Monday scrimmage. Um, so that's nothing official from the team. But a pretty good indication he's he's gone home, which is unfortunate. Um, but, um, but you did share a little tidbit with me. Yeah. Um, you know, if there was an opportunity for us, for me to quote or to kind of bring in a, a Titanic moment here, come back. <laughs> come back, Jack. Oh, I thought your Titanic moment was There's the, a boat. the song. <laughs> There's a boat, Jack. <laughs> um, so, Gavin, if you're listening, the boat, the boat is the Wildcats. Um, come back. Uh, <laughs> you, you can play in this league. Mm-hmm. You're technically still only 15 years old because you don't turn 16 until mid December. You're probably one of the youngest players that would play in the league this year because of when you were born. Um, you can play in this league. You've got the skills. Um, so if you're sitting at home listening to our show, trying to make a decision, I want you here. Adam I want you, you here. here. Yeah. Um, the city wants the you. The city here. wants you here. A lot of people on the message boards. I know it's unofficial, but they you're, you're talked about every day. Um, so in a good way, in a very, <laughs> in a very, very good way, yeah. absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we'll we'll do what we can to to help out with the recruitment. But uh, we have um, a hashtag ready for you. We we'll wait till you sign, but we have a hashtag ready. We, for we you. do actually, and that's a pretty big thing. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. We, we do. Yeah. Um, so if you are listening. Um, we would love to have you here. Uh, and you know, we don't want this to be one of those things where you get drafted into the NHL and I'm tweeting Moncton Wildcats legend, Gavin Cornforth. <laughs> uh, I yeah. want you to be drafted as a Wildcat into yeah. the NHL. Um, so you're not a, what legend. I consider a legend yeah. because a legend <laughs> for those who don't understand why I say that it's when a player who the Wildcats drafted, or traded for, but just never played here. Uh, Mike Matheson is a perfect example. Yeah. Um, Jordan Samuels Thomas, who I think is an NHL referee now, is a perfect example. Keith Petruzzelli, I think is a Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending pro- prospect, is a perfect example. Um, so I, I don't want you to be a Wildcats legend. Yeah. I want you to be a legend <laughs> uh, in, in Moncton. So um, that's my, my recruiting um, skills. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moran is still dealing with a little something that yeah. kept him out of the U18. So still banged up. Yeah. Luckily, this is like a nine-week camp, mm-hmm. so he's got some time. The 20-year-old battle uh, on the defense, it's not really a battle, but it's one of two spots, and it's mm-hmm. Hamel and it's Olsen. Mm-hmm. And I I honestly haven't seen the, the scrimmages uh, with the vets. I don't know if he looks bigger, faster, stronger. I don't know if you noticed him. I got I got to feel that. We probably, when you listen to this, they played last night against the Islanders. Uh, they got the Islanders again, and then they got Bathurst on Friday. We'll probably get into a couple of those. I just, 
I want to see him get bigger, faster, and stronger in front of the net. And that's what I'm looking yeah. for. Uh, but right? honestly, I, I've the scrimmages I've watched, Olsen's been more noticeable than Hamel. But at the same time, you're like, okay, well, Hamel's more of a defensive defenseman. But Olsen's been in the play better. Right. Right. So I guess it's going to come down to GMA calls and offers X for Connor Olsen, GMB calls and offers X for Anthony Hamel. Which is better. Which is better. Because to me, Hamel's got a better value. Mm -hmm. Um, But if a team needs a 20-year-old that's got a little bit of offense to his game, maybe Connor Olsen's the guy you want. Which Hamel may have more to offer the other team. Mm -hmm. But in the same sense, Hamel, and we're not in the room, may have a little bit more... Like, look what he's done with Iacenza, right? Like yes. That does, I wouldn't necessarily say that hurts Iacenza's development, but, I mean, they of the 68 games last year, they played 67, mm-hmm. 62, I think, because Hamel was injured or whatever. Like, they were starting lineup. They were playing all the time. So it's, yeah, he may have value there, but what's his value in the room? And that's yep. that's where the, the 20-year-old situation, because you need that leadership in the locker room mm-hmm. and and. Hamel's a guy that could have a, a letter on his jersey. Yeah. Right? So where do you place that in? But, you know, it's the game, like I said, when you were listening to this against the Islanders was one thing, but we got the Islanders again tonight, and then we've got uh, Bathurst on Friday, which then we get into the break. So it's uh, – we always want this. We always want the camp with the tough spots and the tough roster decisions, and, and making ghost rosters is fun and getting them out there. And we did that. I feel pretty good about it, but some of the players have been able to make me question some of my my decisions, right? Yeah, and that's it. Like you make a you make a ghost roster, and that's just based on having no sweet clue, no, right? Because you're you're going off. We pretend we do. Yeah, and that's that's just what you do. Yeah. You know, you, we we try to uh, act as we try to be an expert, act like an ex- expert, and do what we can to you know, help out your knowledge um, as to some of these players that are coming. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed what we do mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, you know, our, our, our opinions, but you know, we're not, we're not official. So no, we're not experts, but we're only, we will be experts if we ever get official. Yeah. But um, we're working towards it. And, and on that are. note, I do want to thank UMB. If you're on the uh, YouTube uh, they did give us a media pass uh, for the first preseason game. Yeah, it was preseason, but still, mm. we got one, and it says Wildcat Podcast only in our seats. There you so go. shout out to UMB for for giving us one of those. Uh, this is fun. Yes, talking hockey's back. Fun. It's it's great to be back yes. every every Wednesday now for the next ten months. <laughs> we will be here. Hopefully yep. not. Hopefully not ten months because the Memorial Cup is not in June next year. No. Um, is it June? No, no, not the end of June, no. but it's, you know, should be, it's regularly scheduled programming yes. time. Uh, but yeah, no, this is fun. We're going to be here for the next, well, we're going to take a break when the queue takes a break, but other than that, for the next, uh, nine months, uh, we're going to be here. with us. Yep. Uh, that'll do it for the premiere. We want to thank our guest, Scott Gordon, uh, discussing his time in the queue and a little bit into scouting as well. Jamie Tozer from station nation for his annual preseason spot, uh, about the sea dogs. We will see you next week. Uh, again, game tonight uh on the island so if you want to go it's at the 8 a- p.m center in cornwall and then friday night at the avenue center 
taking on the Ecadie Bathurst Teton, which means next week we will try and get a hold of uh, Corey Arsenal from the uh, the Islanders and, of course, our good buddy and yours, Johnny Rocket, uh, for the look at the Titan. See you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.